Hi, this is Trace from the Horror Queers Podcast. Shudder is the ultimate streaming service for fans of horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Shudder offers an unbeatable selection from Hollywood favorites and cult classics to original series and critically acclaimed new genre films you won't find anywhere else. Explore the best collection of horror that pushes boundaries, showcases bold original storytelling, and offers something new to watch every week. Available ad-free and through the platforms you're already on, Shudder. So good, it's scary. Sign up at Shudder.com. ToplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 111 of the Topless Robot Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Dan. And I'm Kaylin. And uh, it's been a week. Oops. I accidentally cut it's the stream. Fortunately, I'm recording. God damn it. It's been one week. <laughs> uh, it has been uh, a week of things. Um, some... Uh, uh, I want to start with Nintendo's thing because that was like usually there are little direct minis, they're partner directs. I don't think about too much because like it's third party stuff that you know, sure, sometimes there's something cool, but there's not any real bombshells to be dropped or anything like that. But damn, was I wrong this week because first off, unfortunately, we got the news that No More Heroes 3 is delayed until 2021. Because it was originally slated for 2020. Um, but they uh, said No More Heroes 1 and 2 would be coming to the Switch. I didn't, I was, I guess I wasn't paying very, like, close enough attention um, to realize that uh, they meant that day. So I love, they felt fairly often with, like, hey, we got this new game coming now. Yeah. And I, I like how they do that sometimes. It's, I love it. Like I had Mm -hmm. no idea no more heroes one and two were coming to the switch until that direct mini. And then I could buy them both that day. Hell yeah. So of course I did that because I love those games. I I prefer that approach over people trying to build a hype train for something over the course of years and then having it disappoint because it always does. I have a feeling that we might end up moving more in that direction um, because like one of the big reasons that valve isn't in the business of making video games anymore is because people are shitty. So don't announce what you're doing. Just do it and then release it. Unless you're yeah. really death threats. Yeah. Which, you know, to break from the Nintendo thing for a moment, cyberpunk 2077 is, uh, delayed until December 10th. And, uh, the developers have already started receiving death threats over not re- uh, them not releasing the game. Of Dan, course. Do you think that's going to disappoint? I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not sure at this point. Uh, I think it's still going to be a good game. But I, I don't people, know. I, people get unrealistic expectations for things. Yeah, and so that's, that's my thing. I, I usually think that any time, whether a game's been delayed or not, if there's been enough hype around it for a certain amount of time, everyone is going to say, like, this isn't as good as we all thought it was going to be. 
that's why I never follow the hype trains ever. Like I hear a game is announced and I'm like, cool. I'll hopefully remember that when it releases. And then I, then I enjoy it. Always enjoy it. Cause I never get fed the lies from any of these companies. Cause I don't listen to them. Yeah. Uh, I still think the game's going to be great, but I definitely think there's going to be people like we waited two months of delays for this. Like, fuck you. I feel like I kind of had that experience with, um, uh, no man's sky. Because I didn't dig as deep as a lot of people who were, like, excitedly waiting for this game. So when it came out, like, I I bought it on day one. And I still spent, like, 40-something hours just enjoying it. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, while everyone else is complaining You're about lying. all of this, you know, it did do this, it did do this, it did do this. And uh, I'm like... This is still pretty fun. I don't know what you're bitching about. Well, that's like a double-edged sword thing, right? Because you still have to hold the developers accountable for the things that they promise to deliver to you. Mm. And No Man's Sky failed horrendously on that. They sure. didn't deliver much of anything that they promised. Uh, so as much as I hate following all the hype train, if these developers are going to, with all of their promotional material, make these promises, then... People do have a right to be disappointed when no, that and, doesn't and happen. I definitely agree with that. Uh, I still think that expectations were higher than um, than what uh, Hello Games was pitching. I'm not sure because the marketing behind that was huge. I don't. I, I heard people talking about No Man's Sky constantly before that game came out. So if that wasn't their intention and it just caught fire with the communities, then that's another thing. But I always just assumed they released a huge marketing campaign for that game because I, I heard about it constantly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I uh, uh, and at the end of the day, you know, what really matters is they definitely made good uh, by their audience. Yes. After they released all of those updates, they made good on all of those previous promises. Yeah. And, and they games like uh, Star Citizen who good lord (laughs) taking money from people and have really not a whole lot to show for it yeah so in in cases where the action of the developer is genuinely like borderline predatory uh then maybe don't give them a pass on that sure there's a balance (laughs) that's when the threads are okay yeah yeah (laughs) No, they're never okay. <laughs> but you can't send death threats. Yeah, no, no. It's still a video game. I don't give yeah, a shit how disappointed game, you are or how fucked over you got. They took your money. You didn't get what you expected. Not an excuse. $60 isn't worth death. A wasted $60 is not worth a death threat. You gave yeah. them your money, motherfucker. And I, I do have to say, since we brought up Star Citizen, that's a that's a unique case uh, because <laughs> I know a lot of people who I'm not denying the predatory behavior of the people who are making that game, quote unquote, making at this point. Um, but I also know uh, someone who was dumb enough to give literally thousands of dollars uh, to that before you know, well, it's still not out, but when it was in its infancy, thousands of dollars in ships. Oh, you mean 10 years ago when it was in, in in its infancy? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. A a ship. For several, for several ships. Um, yeah. And, uh, as as shitty as it is for that developer not to do anything good with the game, 
I also said, you're a fucking idiot because yeah. you just gave thousands of dollars to these people before they given any good reason to. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that kind of falls into the whole, uh, uh, never pre-order, uh, thing, right? Like <clears throat> the, um, and it's hard because now we live in this, you know, world of crowdfunding and, and stuff like that. And crowdfunding can be risky, but can also be seen as pre-ordering because you're, you know, buying sight unseen, essentially, in, in most cases. And, uh, you know, like uh, I pre-ordered um, the Fractured But Whole on uh, the Nintendo Switch. And uh, that game ended up like had a game. Basically, if you got to a certain point in the game, you could not get any further. It would like lock up and it took them forever to fix. And in some extreme cases, it wiped your save. Yeah. Speaking of games that take forever to fix, did they actually ever fix Bloodstained on the Switch? Was that ever a thing that they released? It is playable in portable. Uh, Docked, it looks like garbage, but it's still playable. So when I want to play it on on the TV, I'll play it on Xbox because I I bought it day one on on the Xbox. And they're porting it to mobile now. Yes, I heard about that. They would have addressed the Switch thing. you know, not every. People are going to buy it. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. And on the one hand, I'm glad that people will buy it because I want more of that game. I just want them to develop smarter. You know, like that's another case where uh, there were some stretch goals that uh, didn't uh, didn't get satisfied in a timely fashion uh, or at all. So procedural mode they discovered um, after promising it in the campaign was unfeasible for them to create. So they are not doing procedural. So, yeah. Um, That stretch goal with something else. I think a boss. What is it? A randomizer, maybe. Okay. Like kind of. But still, it's it's not what they were pitching. But it's still sure. a great game. Like, I want and more in that series. That's just an unfortunate thing, is that if you plan on developing it later, you really had no way of having the foresight to know that your, your game engine wasn't going to be able to handle that thing. <laughs> Which, you know, that sucks. Yeah. Randomizers sound more fun than procedural generated anyway, so uh, I think randomizers are fucking great. So yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, in a Metroidvania for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I've been. I mean, have you got? I'm sure you guys have, but have you ever watched any of the uh, Link to the Past Super Metroid? Yes. Randomizers. I was just right. going to bring that up. I've been wanting to try that. Good luck, dude. You have to have an encyclopedic knowledge of those games because they could put a necessary progression item tucked like somewhere in the far corner of the map that you've probably never even seen before. I, I have a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of Metroid, but not Link to the Past. I think uh, some of those randomizers also like generate a code you can look at on a website if you get stuck. And oh, you can look up real where the items are. Yeah. 
So that way, like you don't just have to restart a run every time you hit a brick wall. Yeah, that's good. So back to the Nintendo Direct, since we mm-hmm. got derailed and then derailed and then derailed and then derailed. Um, I'm good at that. The biggest surprise of that Direct by far is Control is coming out on the Switch and Hitman 3 are coming out on the Switch. Uh, another case where I must not have been paying very close attention to, this, to the stream. So I went back and rewatched it and they bring no attention, none whatsoever. They don't call it out or, or uh, make any direct mention of the fact that these are streaming games. Because my first reaction was, holy shit, they're bringing control to the Switch? Like, that's going to end up having to suffer so many graphical downgrades, like, well that beyond Witcher 3. Yeah, like, it, it's going to be ugly. And uh, then I... I remember, I remember your Facebook post. You're yeah. Like, and then I saw that it was in the store that day. I'm like, oh, shit, another one that's, uh, hey, by the way, here it is. And uh, um, it was a free download. And I'm like, oh, shit, is this a full game? Holy crap. And so something that they just kind of barely gloss over in the trailers for both Control and Hitman 3 in that was cloud version. And they did not make any distinction or go into any detail on what that meant or or how that was supposed to work. Like, this is a pretty big deal. Like, you'd think that Nintendo would be like, hey, game streaming, like, eh, this is how this is going to work. This is how we're going to guarantee availability of the game. This is these are the things that you're going to want to keep in mind before you accidentally spend forty dollars on control. Um, yeah, but if anyone's going to drop the ball on this, it's Nintendo. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and but that's the other thing is I don't know that this is a Nintendo-led effort. They're just allowing it to take place on their platform. So control spoiler alert is not free but there is a demo uh that allows you to test how uh the game streaming experience would be on your internet before you decide to buy it yeah very smart yeah so the full game is forty dollars there's no discount there it's uh, uh the same price as uh, control ultimate edition on steam um and uh, it uh ran well for me um but started out it's like a 90 megabyte download um and it started out with a logo that i didn't recognize from some third party that is apparently judging by their name and which i can't think of off the top of my head um is uh, aiming to do, you know, is basically a cloud streaming facilitator, essentially. So I would expect, considering these two trailers were both in this direct, they're probably the ones behind bringing Hitman 3 to the Switch as well. Yeah, and they're planning on bringing more to the Switch, um, which is cool. Um, I also dig when they, you know, do ports of games to the switch and i think it's kind of cool how they end up you know like 
having to to cut corners and shave things down and to like to make a game you know like doom or like the witcher fit even though like it's not optimal it means anyone with a hardware can play it you don't need crazy fast internet and it's from like a technical artistic standpoint like those decisions that they make to enable for it to play on this little fucking dinky switch i think that's really cool and i hope that it doesn't make developers complacent they're like oh we'll just fucking stream it to the switch right it, it becomes I have a feeling that's what's gonna happen it becomes right. the new like as uh, where as opposed to like you know really getting creative with the hardware and with the way that that you're using it like i mean you know that kind of thing goes all the way back to like playstation 2 like shadow of the colossus had no business it was way beyond the scope of the playstation 2 but they got real creative with the way that they were using that hardware unfortunately it was towards the end of the lifespan of that system and uh, by then developers had learned a lot about how to manipulate that hardware if if this is the new route right where it's like all right uh we're whatever we'll just set up streaming that's fine whatever then we're no longer going to see at least i think we're no longer going to see these really interesting technical uh jumps towards the end of a lifespan of a system you know, as developers become more knowledgeable in manipulating the hardware that's available to them, it's not going to be a thing because they're just going to be lazy and be like, streaming game. I've been telling you this ever since these services were first coming out. I, I dread this. This is, a, this is a development in gaming technology that I do not like. I don't like it. I understand how it's useful. I understand how it's probably going to be the future. But... Somebody who's only ever had third world internet in his life. I don't like it. <laughs> um, even the not third only, world has better internet than we do. Probably. Yeah. 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 Not only slow internet, but data caps. You know, like it just makes yep. it all like it's not something I would ever try to like. I'm interested to see how it, that 10 minute demo runs, which bless them for putting that. I don't know if there's any actual firefights in the first 10 minutes of control which you know is another kind of that game has a slow build which is interesting but uh it's good that they include that because i'm curious to see how it runs on my internet not because i plan on buying it but i just it just as a novelty thing to see how it runs and i stress test my internet but like yeah like ports are i think ports are cool you know especially when they do things for the switch like add like gyroscopic gaming and stuff like that to a lot of games and like kind of really dig into it and make it its own special thing, yeah. even if it's just being like a fucking master sword to the port. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, and you guys know me. Like I, I'm subscribed to all of the current streaming services. Um, and it's because, but that's the thing is you you hit on just the right word novelty. Uh. Even I, you know, who has had minimal issues with any of these streaming services, I've got decent internet, um, you know, uh, I, I have not had a lot of problems with these. I reach for them as a novelty, not as a, okay, time to sit down and game. Like, it's still a novelty to me. Mm-hmm. You're doing your due diligence and your research you know, making sure you can speak intimately on all these gaming platforms. But yeah, I mean, like you're still going to, you know, pick up your switch and 
play, you know, the, the game that you, you know, paid for and that you own or own, you know, but that boots up like that. You don't have to worry about accessing the internet, right. you know, all that kind of uh, stuff. Speaking of doing my due diligence and research, this here is a Luna controller. Amazon's joined the, uh, uh, we talked about this, uh, briefly. Amazon has joined the gaming stream, game streaming, uh, universe and uh with luna it looks exactly like a nintendo pro controller yeah that's what i was thinking yep uh the things that i will point out on this and i'm going to be doing a, a video that covers everything uh you know do side-by-side comparisons to the extent that i'm able to the limitations and the benefits of each service and and whatnot uh what's interesting is the texture on uh the bottom of this controller uh almost i don't think i can get my camera to pick it up maybe i can uh it almost looks like braille uh Mm -hmm. it's irregularly spaced uh micro dots and it functions similarly to stadia's controller in that when you turn it on it connects to your wi-fi and connects direct to amazon servers as opposed to using your computer to send commands through the game uh, it is also compatible as a Bluetooth controller, uh, but functions for the sake of latency. That seems to be big tech solution to latent input latency issues is instead of tethering it to a computer, then sending that signal out to their servers and then have that all come back, have the controller connect direct to their servers and sync with your play session. Um, how does it feel in your ass? What's that? I said, how does it feel in your ass? <laughs> it's a little, it, so it takes warming up to, right? Uh, okay. Definitely have good lube. The micro dots uh, actually allow uh, for some real good stimulation. Honestly, it, it, it hits cool. a very other, interesting. Usually it's the PlayStation controller for me, you know, like that's my go-to, but you know, it's nice to have a substitute. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate the vibration function? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, like a six. It's fine. Didn't really get me there. Didn't really get me there. So Amazon already has games available? Yes. And I think I kind of like Amazon's approach over uh, other uh, companies who are pursuing this. Amazon, uh, as you know, has channels on Amazon Prime where like you can get Shutter on Amazon Prime. It's just a channel that you add to your subscription or AMC or, you know, uh, whatever. You, you pick these different ones and they've got channels and, you've, and shows available. It seems that they're taking that same approach to video games. So the default channel is one like just independent partners that they they have uh, the games that they have available right away um are let me bring this up here reminds me of staying at a howard johnson back in the day a hojo remember they partnered with sega genesis back in the day oh yeah own, like, yep sega channel I... sega channel was okay. awesome i always wanted it yeah it always sounded cooler than it probably was <laughs> yeah so um, their default 
uh, subscription. This is what they have up on, on the library right now is Abzu AO Tennis 2 Atomic Run Gun Jump Gun, Blasphemous, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Brothers, uh, Castlevania Collection, Contra Collection, Control, Cook Serve Delicious 3, Deponia Doomsday, Edna and Harvey, Harvey's New Eyes, Edna and Harvey the Breakout, Fury, uh, Ghost of a Tale, Grid, Hard Reset Redux, Iconoclasts, Indivisible, Infinite Mini Golf, uh, The Pillars of the Earth, Luminous Remastered, Metro Exodus, uh, Obduction, Overcooked 2, R-Type Dimensions EX, Redout, Res Infinite Rhyme, River City Girls, Shadow Tactics, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, uh, Shantae G- Genie Hero Ultimate Edition, Sonic and uh, Sonic Mania, SteamWorld Dig, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, SteamWorld Heist, SteamWorld Quest, Tacoma, Tangle Deep, uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3, The Mummy Demastered, Sexy Brutal, which is a great fucking game, uh, The Surge, The Surge 2, Victor Vran, Wonder Boy, uh, The Dragons, whatever, Yoku's Island Express, Ukulele, Ukulele in the Impossible Layer, and Ease 8. That's everything that the Switch has, basically. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But- so, okay, so you pay, what is it, a monthly subscription? You have access to all that stuff? Yes. You, you don't have to pay any, any Correct. Any no, no independent. So not like Stadia, where you have to buy the right. game uh, on the platform in order to use it on the platform. Uh, it's channel-based. So there will theoretically be a Ubisoft Uplay channel, which you can then add onto it and you get Ubisoft games. Uh, there can be uh, an Activision channel. And which you subscribe to and add Activision games. So it'll be these different channels. Interesting. Yeah. So that list that you just listed off, what's that running you a month? Can't remember. Four, five bucks, something like that. I'll have to look into That's it. That's a deal. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's really not bad. It runs well. Uh, the controller feels comfortable enough and uh, enough and familiar enough. Though uh, the D pad feels cheap. It feels a little weird, but pressing it feels fine. It's just the texture of the D pad is is not pleasant, and the um, triggers uh, feel weird. The triggers don't go. I don't know. There's there's less travel uh, than you find. In, I guess I don't have another controller very close to me, but there's less travel uh, that you find in, in, you know, like an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller. Just little digital shoulder buttons. Yeah. Well, I, I, See, I actually think that this is probably analog because it has resist, like you feel the push, right? It just hmm. doesn't push as far. I've always loved those long actuation distances on triggers. Like the yeah. GameCube one was meaty, and that, I will remember that forever. <laughs> and that's what threw everyone for a loop uh, playing uh, Mario Sunshine again. Because uh, <laughs> you couldn't apply pressure to it, you know, like you could. Yeah, the click and like the yeah the yeah. pull of GameCube one was great. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, okay. Get all access to all that for five bucks. Nothing's really super graphically intensive with the exception of control it sounds like yeah control is the highest and i don't even know so like they lock you out of graphic settings so i don't even know if we're seeing ray tracing or anything like that in that because i know control uh supports ray tracing i have played it mm-hmm. it is fucking gorgeous 
but it did look good and it felt good to play Hmm. um grid is probably a little graphically intensive have you played uh yoku's island express no i recommend that game 100 percent. it's like a little pinball based metroidvania game so oh oh okay i think i know what you're talking about 100 but yeah so um i i know that um game streaming is the future i still treat it as a novelty and I kind of hope that as services like this uh, become more and more desirable, it will push, it'll force ISPs to upgrade their infrastructure and provide realistic, you know, it, coverage and speeds. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Yeah. I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> I do not. Hey, I said hope. You yeah. can't, no, you can't not believe that I hope something. They're yeah, going but like, to offer it, but it's going to be at a premium to be like, hey, you want to play your Goot, your Stadia's, and your Amazon's, Fuck, you know, dude. like, with Fox, like shit's, a different package. Shit's already at a premium. Like, I'm paying for uh, gigabit, and I'm not, I mean, and I'm getting half that, and I'm paying an additional $50 a month to not have a data cap. So it's my, not going to matter until we actually upgrade the infrastructure anyway, which they don't want to do. Yeah. We're just going to keep running off of ancient cables. My my internet. Whoop. Oh, no. Where'd Kalen go? Hey, there he is. Jesus, Did Kalen. Did you hit the wrong button? <laughs> no. Speaking of shitty internet. <laughs> I, um, I didn't touch a goddamn thing. My monthly internet bill is $180 a month. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I mean, that. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> but, but I like I like the idea of, you know, like uh, the Game Pass and the the Amazon thing and then like the Apple arcade where it's a monthly thing, but you get access to like everything in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the stadia is, I don't see that. I mean, and Google's kind of notorious for starting things and kind of ending things. I don't see that if, you know, you know, they're going to have to change their model, you know, the pay per game thing and the streaming thing. I don't think it's sustainable for them. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said it before the most, uh, customer friendly, uh, service is GeForce Now. Um, because what are it, you own it on the Epic Game Store, you got it on GeForce Now. You own it on Steam, you got it on GeForce Now. Great. Let's follow that model. That's fine. Let's do that. But so many companies are mad at the prospect of not gaining the money of the second purchase for the cloud play, you know, play that they just pull out of, you know, like Bethesda fully pulled out of, uh, GeForce now, uh, many, uh, companies have, have fully pulled out of GeForce now. They think if you buy it on steam, which is all the, really the only prerequisite for playing it on GeForce now is only already on steam. 
that you should have to buy it again in order to play it to stream it. Yep. On the device. Tight. Yep. <sighs> yeah, that's just shitty. Yeah, it is. Speaking of, speaking of futuristic dystopias, I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion uh, this weekend, uh, which is a lot of fun. And it is the first game that I have bought, and I apologize, this is going to be backwards in the camera, uh, that has a nifty little Xbox Series X uh, logo on it, and Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Um optimized for Xbox Series X, Smart Delivery Ultra HD, HDR10, uh, etc. etc. Hmm? It's facing the right direction on the camera. No, it isn't. Yeah, not on mine. It's on our end. It is? On Discord it is. Oh, that's yeah. obnoxious. In Discord on my end, it's backwards. That's weird. <laughs> so to to our viewers, it was backwards. Oh yeah, yeah, see it is. Is this right way? That's or right backwards? way for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me it's backwards. <laughs> I guess it's, otherwise, you might get motion sickness if it like is flipping you to yourself, maybe. So it's only a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so every time that I actually open up another OBS to flip my camera and send it into Discord as a virtual camera, so it looks uh, the right way for uh, streamer for viewers on the stream, it's actually backwards for you guys. I never knew that. That's funny. The future is now. The future is now. <laughs> so, Watchdogs Legion uh, is. A lot of fun. Um, I love the whole recruit anyone thing. Um, you know, you start out, but just by choosing your first recruit and everyone's got different uh, positives, like different benefits and different skills and stuff like that, that, you know, so I started with a guy who, uh, because he has close connections in the police force, he has uh, less time when he's arrested. It's like, that sounds like a good benefit. I'll, I'll go with that. Sure. And he's this kind of like posh British dude. Cause the whole thing takes place in London. And, uh, you can scope out literally anyone for recruitment. So when you're walking down the street, you the street, you hold down left bumper and it gives you details on like what they've been doing recently and what they're good at, like what benefits they may have. And some of those benefits may be equipment like uh they own this car, they have this weapon that is associated with their profession, you know, shit like that. Uh but I came across a dude it was a, it's the only one that I've found so far that was a uh not a benefit but a bad thing and his was he has some medical condition so he's not good at sneaking because he farts all the time been there so now my goal is to recruit him and see exactly what that looks like (laughs) have you played as the uh, professional assassin granny yet no i have not you gotta. I I I will recruit a granny. That trailer that I was just the retired assassin granny pulls what? out her giant pistol from her purse and shoots somebody in the back of the head. 
What's funny is um, as you're walking around the world, uh, people who have connections with your recruits have a special icon on them. And so like I'm I like just finished up a mission, whatever. And this old woman's walking down the street. She's got one of those icons on it. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that means. And I kind of hover over her. And it turns out that she is the mother of the super spy who I recruited. And I could have recruited her mother as well. And if you killed her, then your super spy (laughs) would be pissed. Probably. Hmm. Interesting. Um, But yeah, there's, there's just, they put a lot of really cool attention to detail in it. Like very, very cool attention to detail. It's really pretty. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like once my series X shows up in the mail. Um, but man, it's, it's like, I enjoyed watchdogs one and two. The potential was there for just a fun fucking, you know, techie GTA and, uh, um, watchdogs two improved on that formula. Watchdogs Legion, I think is the way this game should have been from the get go where you're not a static protagonist. I mean, the whole thing has been about a hacker group, you know, that is very clearly influenced by Anonymous in its narrative creation. Um, it, it should have been this the whole time. So. Sounds dope. Highly recommend it. I'm trying to remember what else happened this week. Halloween happened. What'd you guys do for Halloween? Anything? Um, I got drunk and went and scavenged candy. Um, it was the first time I've been able to trick or treat in a while. <laughs> yeah. In what? Probably 20 years. Yeah. So, uh, cause people were just leaving their, uh, candy out and I think people thought that there'd be more activity than there was. So by the end of the night, like 10 o'clock, you know, people were done trick or treating by eight, which I think is ridiculous. When I was a kid, I would go all night. Um, but so people were done by 10 and people, you know, there's still bowls of candy out in people's front yards that they left unattended to social distance or whatever. And a lot of them were very full. So I'm just like, well, fuck it. So doing them a favor. Yeah. We, we didn't get any trick or treaters last night. No one rang our doorbell or anything like that. Um, we walked past. Your house is creepy though. Well, we have that big, colorful, inflatable dragon out front. Um, oh, yeah. The uh, we walked past the neighbor's house where they had a table set up, and it looked like they were ready to receive um, trick or treaters. Mm-hmm. But on our way back, passing uh, the neighbor's house, they had blocked off the driveway with two cars, and they were having a barbecue. And they had a TV out in the driveway and they were playing video games. So. Hell yeah. Yeah, I saw some people watching horror movies. I saw a, a family watching Us, which I thought was interesting. Because um, it's kind of a Trumpy neighborhood up here. So I was like, oh, maybe these people aren't so bad. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird Halloween. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I just sat in my friend's backyard and drank absinthe out of the bottle. 
You know how it is. Yeah. Hell yeah. And um, speaking of uh, like people doing spooky shit for Halloween and scary games, uh, have uh, any of you followed anything about the se- uh, the second Amnesia game? The actual second Amnesia game, not um, Machine for Pigs, because yeah. that game wasn't real. Um, I started watching Alex uh, play it you know, with Scary Game Squad. Um, but I realized that it's something that I want to play because, I mean, I played the first Amnesia and loved it. Like, I, I want to be able to experience this one and be surprised. I'm going to tell you right now, expect something very different from the first Amnesia. Really? Very, very different. Um, I think they focused they focused less on it actually being scary and more about it being heartbreaking that game is sad um i obviously like um it's i don't mind it i i love those kinds of themes and games but i've heard some people say that some of the moments were too heart-wrenching and like i've i've heard people have put down the game not because it scared them too much because it made them too sad wow yeah well i suppose in the middle of a pandemic we're all especially um uh sensitive yeah i would think so you know like we're already in a in a in a land of depression right you know so i don't think we would get a different response though i I really don't like if this came out not during the pandemic i still think like this game is is that heavy i I do think people people who are already going to be i guess soft enough to stop playing the game because of those heavy themes will have already quit regardless of whether or not like we're in a pandemic and the, the environment around us is depressing. Um, have you played it or do you plan on playing it? Uh, so I, I might play it. I think that's frustrates me about games like that is I don't think playing them is actually that gratifying. Uh, there's a lot of just walking and listening to dialogue. Sure. So they're, they're the type of game that I much more enjoy watching somebody else play. Even if it's uh like in without commentary, if it's just the experience of the game, like a movie, I almost enjoy it more than actually playing it. I really loved the first one with the uh, you know, I mean it it basically had the, I mean not exactly the insanity mechanics of you know Eternal Darkness, but in the same kind of vein, and it, it's you are fully helpless. 100% fully your only option is to get the fuck out of there you know yeah. and i enjoyed those horror experiences where you are truly helpless oh that's definitely the case in this one so you'll like that i i i highly recommend it from everything i've seen so far right on so good i i give it the glowing review Without yeah. having even seen the end, because it's already hit some stuff from just like, ooh, goddamn, that's fucked up. <laughs> Good because I I do plan on on uh, on hitting that for sure. Like, Amnesia has always been one of my favorite series, except Machine for Pigs. I never played Machine for Pigs. It's bad. Speaking of sad things, John Connery died. Not very sad, though. Yeah. Uh, now, was he about to be shitty? Predictable, uh, because he was 90. 
Right. Um, but also, uh, he was a shitty woman uh, abuser. Oh, um, well, he know. said openly in interviews, no, uh, you, uh, it's, it's totally fine to hit a woman, just as long as you use an open hand. A woman needs to know her place. You know, don't hit her like you would a man, but use an open hand. He said this in multiple interviews. Was this before or after he was knighted? It's a great question. I do not know Wouldn't the answer to <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, like the upper echelon in England is riddled with good people. <laughs> yeah. This was this was news to me. Jasmine uh, told me about this. I always kind of assumed that he was probably a shitty person just because of like the type. I don't know. Like he's an he's Sean Connery, you know, like I just kind of had a sense that he wasn't exactly woke. You know, like he's he's the fucking UK. He's UK's uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. That's exactly what I would have expected. Yeah. Is Clint Eastwood not woke? No, 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 no. Oh. He he is Clint Eastwood the argued. What was when was the thing that Clint Eastwood argued with an empty chair? God, I don't remember, but that was a while ago. Yeah, now. it was, and it was fucking hilarious. I need to look <laughs> this up now. You guys, there we go. Clint Eastwood. Uh, apparently, it was. Uh, let's see. Clint Eastwood. Oh, this thing has its own fucking wiki page. Holy shit. Clint Eastwood at the 2012 Republican National Convention. On Thursday, August 30th, 2012, American actor and director Clint Eastwood gave a speech at the Republican National Convention. Eastwood had endorsed Mitt Romney for the 2012 United States presidential election earlier that month and spent much of his speech's running time on a largely improvised routine in which he addressed an empty chair that represented President Barack Obama. The speech, broadcast in a primetime slot, was viewed live by around 30 million people. It generated many responses and much discussion. So yeah, there's there's a an entire Wikipedia article about it. That's fucking hilarious. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm, out, I'm out of the loop. And honestly, these days, I would take Mitt Romney over Donald Trump. Silence. Tuesday's gonna be fun. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> Lord. Wednesday's going to suck, Thursday's going to suck, Friday's going to suck. It's going to suck for a while. It's reasonable to imagine that we're not going to have results this week. Which means they're going to be contested by everyone. Well, the results that we're all hoping for, if they take longer than like a day or two, they're going to get contested hardcore. And then they're going to, of course, it's going to be like what 2008 uh, all over again <laughs> my uh so i 
express i talked to my boss uh about this at work uh, i expressed my concern of uh a um a, a civil war basically you know and uh because my boss and i bullshit all the time uh he's a great dude um he's the reason that i have topless robot um he doesn't think it's plausible that there would be a uh, uh, second civil war because the military like that. I guess that's the end of that sentence. I know it sounded like I had more, mm-hmm. but no, because the military. Absolutely. No, I've brought this up a million times. Whenever anyone says, you know, uh, we have to hold on to our guns because of such and such. I'm like, yeah, that's fine if you want to hold on to your guns. But if the military decides whose side they're on, they're just going to drone strike you. Like, your, yeah, and your rifle isn't going to save you from a tank or a drone strike or an actual deployed military force. It's funny that I was so blind to that because that's an argument that I have made regularly against, you know, like idiots who think that they're holding onto their guns because they're going to fight off some, you know, uh, uh, government. Um, the government's got the military on their side and the military has drone, like we have long since passed up a time where, you know, uh, the military and the common man were on the same page with accessibility to weapons. Yeah, uh, you know, the only re- and, and he and I talked and he was like, the only reason the civil war was even possible is because both sides were equally armed. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I never, I didn't even really think about it in that context. It's an argument that I frequently make. But not in that context. I was like, you don't think think that the military is going to pick Trump or like, you know, pick that side or, or you know, drop out or whatever. He was like, no, I I don't think so. And beyond that, it's more than just like a dude or a group of dudes who have access to militarized, you know, weaponry. Yeah. No, I always laugh at uh, GI bros who think they could take on an actual platoon. Like, come on. It's not going to happen. And from you everything you're cool, but you're not. Military sides with Biden? I don't, yeah. I wouldn't know. From everything I've read. Yeah, no, he has ha- uh, gotten endorsements from uh, a large amount of military. Uh, current military and ex military. Definitely. I'm sure there's a ton of like just dudes in the military who are Trumpers, but like anyone who holds any sort of like rank in the military, I believe is like a, they're stay side with Biden. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yep. So it, that, that kind of settled my, my nerves a little bit because I know that, you know, uh, President Blowhard is a lot of talk and no action. His supporters have shown him shown themselves to not be that, and they are his hands, basically. Like they mm-hmm. fucking, they will do the terrible shit that he doesn't have the balls to do. So it's uh, interesting, and. Beep. I expect the end of 2020, like just in general, from Tuesday until the end of the year and probably beyond, 
uh, to be contentious. Yeah. Interesting to say the least. Um, and in general, I think not only will the past four years be heavily analyzed by historical scholars, uh, but, um, specifically 2020 is going to be a year that's like just analyzed to death by historical scholars in the future. Aren't you so grateful to have experienced it firsthand? Not even a little bit. (laughs) Just remember everybody as society begins to crumble around you and civil war rages across the land, you'll be able to play control on your Nintendo switch. (laughs) Get it while you can folks. Get it in. (laughs) It, um, I don't know. It's, uh, I am equal parts horrified and fascinated by everything that's gone on this year. So speaking of the original civil war, uh, I guess I don't know a lot about uh, the weaponry that like they use. Avengers civil war. They, they pulled in Spider-Man for that. Like that was, that was crazy. <laughs> um, my cousin, Spider-Man was also in the original civil war. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my cousin was hunting this last weekend. He's one of my like super conservative shitty Kingman dwelling cousins. Uh, he was out hunting with a muzzle loaded black powder, like musket rifle. And he, he had acts, I guess, accidentally loaded it twice. So when he shot it, it exploded like in the cartoons. Oh my God. And, uh, it, Basically, it blew his thumb off and broke every bone in his hand. Holy fuck. Yeah, so he, like, got... He almost bled out because he was alone, and he, like, finally found his friend and, like, went and got airlifted to the hospital in Las Vegas, and they're, like, fighting to save, like, his hand. Like, it's crazy. God damn, dude. doesn't fuck around, dude. That blows golf hall... Like, golf ball-sized holes in people. It's, yeah. It's up. Yeah, yeah, he could have easily died. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. And it's like, why were you using that? Apparently, right. it's easier to get a deer tag if you use like it's like a handicap weapon. You know, yes. if yes. if you go hunting with like a, a machine gun, you, they're not going to give you the the license to do it. But apparently, if you use one of those, so you have a better chance of getting a tag. Use a bow and it's, arrow. You you have less chance of like doing serious damage to your own body. And also, yeah, maybe he should do bow and arrow forever because he's demonstrated he doesn't know how to properly handle a firearm. Right. Oof. God damn, dude. That's intense. I know. It's crazy. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, that's why I don't fuck around with that shit. That's insane. <laughs> Anytime I think about a muzzle loader, I think about Robin Williams talking about muzzle loaders. He's like, yeah, back then, you know, they had the muzzle loaders. You just do this. Now all that's left is this. classic yep yeah i miss right words eat pussy his incredibly hairy arms yeah fucking great ah uh, i miss him i miss him a lot i love how much his daughter zelda has embraced her namesake Because uh, she uh, yeah. is a big Legend of Zelda fan. 
And nice. uh, this Halloween, uh, she actually posted on Twitter. She was, uh, oh, what's a ting- tingle? <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. Um, what else happened this week? What I feel like there was more. I feel like there wasn't, but I always feel that way. <laughs> I suppose I should uh, mention why I'm I'm dressed so ridiculously. Uh, oh yeah, and I'm wearing what fucking happened this week. Mandalorian season two, first episode of Mandalorian season two, uh, came out uh, this week. It's great. Watch it. Um, Mandalorian is outstanding. That has not changed. Uh, but this is my ugly Christmas sweater, Mandalorian style. I got a little baby Yoda that sits on this little pouch. And I've got Mando up here and the his uh, tribe symbol. And it's nice. We're getting close to the to the season. Things are starting to cool down. I know a lot of my friends in the Midwest are already donning long sleeves and more uh, because they've already seen their first snowfall. Uh, but it's a real nice, real nice Christmas sweater. I like it. Um, and, well, baby Yoda comes out of the pouch. And put your beer in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, there you go. Just there. Baby Beardo. That's Baby actually Beardo. really handy. Yeah, beer right there. You can put some chips next to it. Dude. <laughs> Kalen, I know I offered this to you. I think I'm going to keep it. Yeah. That's, you, that's, uh, it's like, it's a, like, almost like I have a fanny pack glued to your chest. <laughs> so, now you um, know got it so good we were approached by uglychristmassweater.com uh who provided me with this lovely uh christmas sweater and uh we are going to have a giveaway where uh you can choose uh any uh christmas sweater from uglychristmassweater.com uh for free and uh including this i believe uh they anticipate this one will will uh, sell out and I can definitely see why. Um, but uh, details on that will be on our website on Monday, November 2nd. Uh, so uh, check out toplessrobot.com on Monday, November 2nd uh, for all the details to enter to win uh, yourself a free ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. That's dope. Thanks, UglyChristmasSweater.com. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, also, uh, Mandalorian came back, and uh, it was good. Uh, I totally forgot. I, I feel like we've been talking about it for months. Like, oh, October 30th, it's coming back. October 30th, it's coming back. Fucking stoked. Totally spaced. Oh, see, make no, no mistake. <laughs> If Tyler had been here for this episode, that would have been one of the first things we talked about. <laughs> um, he probably dad, would have been wearing his Mandalorian shirt. <laughs> my dad has been asking all year, when's the mandolin comeback? October, dad. <laughs> October, dad. <laughs> um, 
when's the mandolin back on the television? <laughs> Another thing that uh, I found, um, Jasmine and I have been watching, you know, horror movies every night this uh, past week. Uh, as we do, even in non-spooky season, it's like kind of just what we do. Um, but apparently, so something showed up on Amazon Prime uh, with Nick Frost. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. It's called Truth Seekers, Truth Hunters. I think Truth Hunters. Um, and it is a new Simon Pegg and Nick Frost written series about ghost hunting. Yeah, I think I've seen some commercials for this. It's fucking great. I'm like seven episodes in. I absolutely love it. But of course, it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They're brilliant. See, I don't need a show about ghost hunters. I've got that. (laughs) (laughs) We need to spend more time in Phasmophobia. I'm bummed we didn't get a stream in this week. It would have been prime opportune time to get some... uh, Tyler screams in before the Halloween days next year. No, 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 no. You guys just got to hit me up. I'll play like any day of the week. (laughs) The the unofficial unspoken truth of terrify Tyler is that terrify Tyler, despite us maybe being a little louder about it around the spooky season, terrify Tyler is a year around thing that doesn't end ever. And I say yeah. 2021 is the year of Terrify Tyler because, you know, 2020 has been kind of the uh, 2020 was the year of Terrify. 2019 was the year of Terrify Tyler as well. It, just always keep that boy scared. It doesn't take much. No, it does not. This year has been the year of existential terror. Yes. Yeah, this year has been a challenge for even the uh, most stoic of non-scaredy cats. But we have gotten to the end of the episode. So, uh, what if, uh, what video games? Uh, video games. Awkward silence. Sometimes. <laughs> Just end it right there. You know what people love on podcasts? Awkward silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what fucking maybe i'll just end it right there then huh is that what you want fucking fucking fine 